You're listening to the Inside Study Abroad podcast, episode number 50. Welcome to the Inside Study Abroad podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Roberts. In this show, we explore the world of international education and meaningful travel with some fascinating guests, a little friendly debate, and a whole lot of practical advice. Let's get going. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, an all-in-one marketing platform for businesses and brands. When I discovered Kajabi back in 2020, I honestly thought it was too good to be true. So before I started with Kajabi, I was running Inside Study Abroad with over 10 different tools, digitally duct taping my business together to make everything run. Now I have one simple tool that does it all. From email marketing to quick and easy landing pages, course hosting, payment processing, podcast and website hosting, affiliate management, and so much more. It does it all, I swear. It's honestly the easiest and most seamless system I've ever used, which means I spend a lot less time fixing tech glitches and way more time being able to create valuable podcast episodes like this one and supporting our students inside our programs. If you'd like to take Kajabi for a test run and see if it's the right fit for your business, head to my partner link, brazenest.com slash Kajabi to get a 30-day extended free trial plus some bonuses that you can get from me only when you use my link to sign up. Honestly, Kajabi has been a true game changer in my business and it could be for you too. Head to brazenest.com slash Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I to get your 30-day free trial plus my bonuses. Let's go to the show. Raise your hand if you consider yourself a true OG of the Inside Study Abroad podcast. All right, well, here's a little test. Do you remember when I was doing interviews long before I launched this podcast in 2016? And this is also long before Zoom was even a glimmer in their founder's eyes. Well, if you don't know, from 2010 to 2014, I did a smattering of video interviews with some friends and colleagues in the industry. It was a lot harder back then to be re- to do recorded video interviews. In fact, it required some not so legit software I had to find in some forum. (laughs) And I used Skype. Does anybody remember Skype? So we use Skype to do these video recordings. And sadly, those interviews have only lived on the YouTube channel until now. So this fall, I'm launching the throwback series. I'll be sharing those original interviews here on the podcast feed and a sort of where are they now interview with each of those people to see how their lives and careers and organizations have evolved in the past decade or so. You'll hear from people like Tiffany Harrison, who was an, at the time when I interviewed her, she was an aspiring international ed professional And um, I would later go on to hire her at Go Abroad, and she'd go on to work in group travel beyond the study abroad specific field. You'll also hear from David Comp, who was working in university study abroad administration, getting his PhD and contributing to the global education discourse on his own blog, and his career has evolved since then as well. You'll hear from my friend Rich Kurtzman, Zach McInnes, Michelle Kern, and so many others others. So be looking for those over the next several weeks. But in today's episode, uh, I'm sharing the first of this new throwback series. And it's a conversation with John Christian, who's president and CEO of Kappa. And this interview that we did was first published back in November 2012. Now next week, you'll get to hear from present day John on how Kappa has weathered the past 18 months, 
what the future of Kappa looks like after their recent investment from Infinity Partners, and what gives John hope for the future of global education, plus a whole lot more. However, today's episode, you're going to get to hear what we were talking about back in 2012, what was going on with Kappa, with John, and we're, we're going to sound a lot different than we are today. The audio quality is probably not going to be quite as good, but I really hope you enjoy and learn a lot from this episode. And welcome to Inside Study Abroad. I'm Brooke Roberts, and today I'm talking to John Christian. He's the president and CEO of Kappa International Education, and he's been working in the field for over 20 years, I believe. Um, he, he's seen it all. He's worked as a foreign student advisor. He's been on site as a resident director in China, and of course, he's one of he's the leader of a prominent program provider that's been around for a really long time. So we're excited to learn about a lot about Kappa. And today we're going to hear about John's advice on getting a job in the field because a lot of people who come to my site, that's really what they want to know. How, am I, how can I get a job in study abroad? And of course, um, Kappa recently made a very generous donation to John's alma mater, SUNY Oswego. So I want to hear a lot about that because I think it's badass. All right, cool. Thanks, John, for being with us. Hey. Glad uh, to be here, Brooke. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. So I guess let I, I as I start as I start all of my interviews, I want to first talk about um, how what what is your study abroad story? Tell us about your first study first time studying abroad. Well, you know, kind of like the field, I fell into it. I um, I never really aspired to study abroad, and a good friend of mine, uh, Dan Canistra, who went to SUNY Oswego with me. Uh, left campus for a semester. I actually thought he failed out. And he showed up again. And I said, Dan, where have you been? And I, I shouldn't say this, but this is the you know early 80s. So it was in the campus bar. I was having a Budweiser. And he you said, know, okay. I've been it's studying <laughs> in London. And uh, I actually said, wow, you can do that? And a week later, went to the study abroad office, which I didn't even know we had a study abroad office back then. Uh, filled out my application. and. Uh, somehow got accepted. <laughs> huh. um, well, and then the, the, the kind of journey began there, really. Okay. Uh, and study broaders out there wanting to be in the field or in it, you'll know when I tell you that 1985, a 16-week program, all-inclusive at $3,800, <laughs> where you know they can range from 16 to 25 now. Right. Believe it or not, back then, uh, wasn't even accessible uh, to me. You know, I came from upstate New York. Mom and dad had seven kids. Nobody had had a passport before, so learning abroad was really a kind of out there thing, mm -hmm. which made me want to do it more. Yeah. And so my parents and I had a garage sale, and it's true, sold furniture to kind of raise the money. And in January 1986, I got on my very first airplane ride from Albany, New York, to Troy, New York, uh, no, to New York City, right. uh, and then on my international flight to London, thinking, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> That's, I love that story. There. I love that because I, I always have a place in my heart for people who come from sort of the country. I came from the country too, so I'm always like, how did you get there? Because we all have our random stories about how we did it. I only got to go abroad because my grandfather ran into my car with the combine and the insurance money paid for it. So it's all these <laughs> really? random. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, so uh, I love it. I love that's a That's a great story. Um, so tell us a little bit more about how you got started in the field specifically, because you know 
as I said in the intro, you know, a lot of people, I get emails every day from people saying, Brooke, you know, here's everything about me. How do I get a job? And on paper, they look great. So what, what advice would you give? I mean, I'm sure you've been in lots of hiring situations. What do you look for? What, what's that something special, that X factor that you want in, in applicants? You know, that's a really good question. It's also really hard for me to answer. My own story was built on persistence. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, actually, after I studied abroad in London, I decided that I wanted to do it again. I couldn't afford to do it again, so I thought, all right, maybe I could help the study abroad office. Mm -hmm. So I actually wrote the director of international education a letter from a beach in Cape Cod where I was waitering, ripped it out of the notebook, posted it with the fringe and all, and I don't think that would work nowadays, so yeah. I don't actually recommend that. <laughs> uh, but followed up with phone calls and just kind of showed my enthusiasm to, to actually contribute. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is really enthusiasm, but nowadays it's not just that. It's kind of uh, your intellectual interest as well as your skill set. Mm -hmm. So I really recommend, you know, if you're coming into this field that you start reading about it. You engage at the conference level if you can afford it. If you can't, get into, into all the online things. Mm -hmm. If you have something to say, blog or write an article about it, mm -hmm. because people like to, to be with people in this field that are thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they always haven't been like that, but nowadays, I think that you, we're trying to get more creative about the kinds of programs that we build, the accessibility to these programs with you know, issues of economy and unaccessibility for underrepresented groups. And these agenda items, if you can speak about them and create ideas to solve them, mm -hmm. people are going to want to work with you. I think you know, good old-fashioned networking. Mm -hmm. What I think you can't do, and I hate to say this, but I, as a, an employer, just because you studied abroad doesn't mean you're qualified or should even work in learning abroad. Mm -hmm. I think it's we've moved beyond that and that's the good news. Yeah. Because I, the I good news is there's the a profession time. out there that's polished and ready to build people and to cultivate, you know, better study abroad programs. Mm -hmm. So I think just doing a study abroad program is not enough. Yeah. I completely agree. I I tell people that all the time and I don't mean it in a condescending way and I don't mean it in a rude way either, but Unfortunately, a lot of the people at, you know, that I've met in my career even, when they tell me this story about how they got in the field, they really did fall into it accidentally. Yeah. Hey, you've been yeah. abroad. Will you help these kids study abroad? You know, accidentally. And, but now it's not enough. Just like you said, there is a skill set, a knowledge base to our field that you can't just walk in and get academic models and you know, learning outcomes and things like that. So I, with you, thank you for saying it. I don't want anybody to get mad at me. Sometimes people write it and they're a little mad at me saying, why do you have to say those things? I'm like, well, because it's true. <laughs> well, it is so, true. I mean, yeah. yeah, you've got, you know, the forum, I don't know how many years old it is, and I mm -hmm. should know that. That's an example. You mm -hmm. should know how old the forum on education abroad is. But more importantly, you know, the, I, in my professional opinion, they really put the expectations of the uh, standards for best practice mm -hmm. on everyone's agenda. Mm -hmm. And it was not in reaction to anything in particular, but since then we've had governors and other governmental authorities starting to say, well, what, the, what do these study abroad people do? How do they fund it? Mm -hmm. Where is federal state aid going? 
And knowing all these issues is how you get in this field now. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't been to the forum website, for example, uh, and haven't looked at the standards for best practice, you're behind. Mm -hmm. I don't mean to be a jerk. <laughs> I hope you see it as advice because reading this stuff and understanding the thoughtful, almost required levels and standards that the field is asking for is important. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so, okay, let's talk about the recent donation Kappa made to SUNY Oswego. Tell us what inspired it, how does it work, who benefits, tell us all the details. Okay, well, when I worked at SUNY Oswego, well, actually, when I studied abroad in London, I'll try to keep this brief, Brooke. Oh, um, yeah, I, I'm a storyteller, I love to tell, you know, <laughs> express myself through stories. Um, I met a guy named Dr. Jose Perez. And he's the guy accept, that accepted me into the London program. He took a bit of a chance on me, too, because I had no experience. My GPA was just on the cusp and all that stuff. And he's the guy I wrote the letter to. So he's also the guy that wrote me back and said, yeah, come and intern in my office, which I did. I then became a foreign student advisor uh, under him. And he took another chance on me because I wasn't really qualified for that. But what did I do? I read everything about foreign student advising. I went to the regional conferences, called student advisors and said, help me. And, you know, make sure I knew everything about F&J visas, which is how it worked back then. Mm -hmm. And I did an okay job. And as a reward, when he asked me what I wanted to do, because then they had to hire the real foreign student advisor, right. they were letting me go. Um, I told him I wanted to live in China. So he arranged for me to apply for the scholarship, which I got, which was a two-year scholarship to uh, Beijing, where I studied for a couple years. Why am I telling you all this about myself? It's because Sunia Oswego and this guy, Dr. Jose Ramon Perez, the then director of study abroad, who's one of the frontier people in this field, are really what helped me uh, helped me become what I am today. And I, you know. Sounds funny when someone no, says great. that, but I, I actually uh, really feel genuinely grateful that I get to do what I do mm -hmm. and that serve our institutions and students. This isn't a line. It's, if anybody who knows me knows that I, you know, I really am, I have DNA for this stuff. And luckily, you know, somebody like Dr. Perez took a chance on me. SUNY Oswego gave me the opportunities to do this. And, you know, like you said, kid from upstate New York, First person with passport, Oswego, you know, small mid-New York college, medium size, I guess I should say. Well, they were thoughtful enough to create these global opportunities. And, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think Oswego is going to send people all over the planet. But they did, and they did it in an accessible way. And that's one of my, probably my biggest speeches, is we've got to keep these programs accessible. These costs are just going through the roof. And as it happens, so many people are going to get left behind. And it happens at a time when this whole world is more globally thinking, interconnected in the demands to understand and appreciate, not just tolerate diversity, mean you need access to these programs. And I am grateful. So my organization, I'm, I'm delighted to say, has been successful, has remained committed to these accessibility factors. And in the end, we had uh, some capital reserves, and I wanted to give back to SUNY Oswego. So we've donated $200,000. It's earmarked over three years, 50% uh, of it towards institutional development, so that faculty and administration actually get to participate in learning abroad, use theory and practice to internationalize their curriculum, 
And this was important because I didn't want to leave out the people that work there. You know, they're often left behind. You know, they, people learning abroad often don't get to go abroad. Yeah. And, you know, not that everybody can and has to and all that stuff, but it's got to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. At some point, it's got to be in the strategic plan. Mm -hmm. So that's why we did that. The second part uh, for me was very personal and that I named the scholarship after Dr. Perez. We had a big launch at SUNY Oswego. These scholarships are full fee. So it's all your tuition, all your fees to learn abroad. Oswego threw in the airfare, so it includes the airfare. And our programs actually include spending money. So really, if you don't have the money to go and you apply for the scholarship, you can go. Yeah. Wow. If you're a SUNY Oswego student. Now you're going to get thousands of applicants just to SUNY Oswego. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe not thousands. My readership's not that big. But that would be amazing. Yeah. But you know what? Two women who, uh, two people who applied for the program scholarship uh, were awarded it. We're at the reception. One to Beijing and one to London. And that's where they go, by the way. There's two a year for three years. Because um, that's where I studied abroad, London and Beijing. And... You know, I just looked at them and I almost cried actually yeah, because I know their backgrounds and I can tell you mm -hmm. they wouldn't be doing this. They wouldn't be able to go abroad and they had the intellect, the passion and the commitment to do it and these funds made it possible. And in fact, so much so they cried during my speech <laughs> and I actually looked at one of them and said, you have to stop. I'm not going to make it through this speech. <laughs> So it's, well, if it's a, it feels really good to be able to just give back. I think that, that I think that's incredible. I think, you know, for me, I would love to eventually be in a position someday where I could say, you know what, I want to give back. I totally, totally admire that. Um, tell us a little bit about how, how the students are selected. And we are just a few minutes over. But um, I, I'm curious, so is it a need-based scholarship or is it interview-based? Do, do, do you fly back and sit on an interview panel? What happens? No, actually, I'm not on the panel. Uh, I didn't want to slow their process down due to my schedule. Mm -hmm. And actually, it was really important. This is Oswego's money. Mm -hmm. This was a gift. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have full control over it. But it is need-based scholarships. There's obviously some GPA parameters. Mm -hmm. But this is for John or Mary from upstate New York mm -hmm. who heard about this study abroad thing. Because it's not like when I went, now you do hear about it. Yeah. If you don't hear about it and you can't go, you're missing nothing. Yeah. When you hear about it and you're studying international economics or you know, international art or whatever, and you want to go and you can't go, and you see other people going, that hurts. Yeah. This is for those people. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, I have so many other questions, but we're going to skip to the last question. I always ask everybody. So you've been working in the field forever. You know all the benefits and destinations that are out there. If you could go back in time, go to do college all over again, where would you study abroad and why? That's a tough question. I don't think I would do it any differently. Yeah? No. I studied in London and I was a very inexperienced, naive guy. Mm -hmm. So London actually was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. And it set the stage for me to go to Beijing mm -hmm. for a year and a half and learn Chinese. And I was there for the Tiananmen Massacre. Lots of things happened. That's another story. Wow. And those, those two experiences kind of shaped my, some of my views and put me where I am today. So I actually wouldn't change it. I think it's great. Perfect. Um, okay, well, that's all the time we have. I'm gonna I'll be linking up to Kappa and John, his LinkedIn profile, his Twitter account. 
Um, but you can start following Kappa online at Kappa Study Abroad on Twitter. They also have a Facebook page. I'll be linking up to all the stuff. Thank you so much, John, for being with us. I really appreciate it. Hey, Brooke, by the way, you are giving back. You're doing this. Oh, well, <laughs> thank Keep you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Um, have a great day. much for listening to today's podcast and we will see you back here next week for my follow-up conversation with john now don't forget if you'd like to try out kajabi for a free 30-day trial plus get a few extra bonuses from me head to brazenest.com kajabi to get started until next week get out there and make some magic happen cheers